Knock, knock. Who's there? Saturday? Saturday who? I got nothing. I don't know why I said it in the first place. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Come on in. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so ironic because now I'm in your house. We were recording earlier and I was outside of your house, but I ran out of battery. So I'm officially in the house. And then you graciously did two things simultaneously. Number one, you removed yourself and put yourself in the garage, which you gave up your sacred space. Thank you. And then number two, out of nowhere, oh, Michelle bought me, listen to this, everybody, pumpkin spice latte body wash. And she's just surprised me with it. And I got a little verklempt. Oh, it spoke to me that said, David needs that cleansing to bring in the fall. Lots going on there. I listened to the Sunday podcast and I said, this is for you. It is, it fits a hundred percent who I am and how the hell am I 50 years old and didn't know that something like this existed. Dude, so I was telling you earlier, they have deo- pumpkin spice deodorant out there and it was sold out. How How is this a thing that we love fall so much and we haven't heard of this? Well, and it says, and, it, and we were, Michelle and I were talking off, off, off air and hopefully nobody's going to steal our idea, but if, if there's a demand for this to the degree that it's sold out, that clearly there's, a market. So I think I'm going to go home. I'm going to figure out how to make some deodorant, throw some pumpkin spice latte, which is not hard to find in terms of essential oil. And instead of shipping it out to China to make it, I'll, we'll make it here. We'll call it local and we'll sell it. And I, I guarantee it's going to, it's going to work. The question is, will it be any good? And I was telling Michelle, you know, the, the key to success is all we need to do is sell a million of them once. <laughs> And so this is David and I signing off with our last podcast in three, two, doo. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't podcast from prison. <laughs> we'll be the Jeffrey Epstein of, of deodorants. <laughs> Wait, was that too soon? <laughs> Total oh, corruption. That is too that is too much. What a way to bring in the Saturday. We are doing it. We made it to the weekend. We're cr- across the finish line. Let's get started. Well, and this is a good one. I really, I, I know I say that a lot, but this is, this is a good one. Okay. So Michelle, take us in. It's not the memories I have in the old cranium that excite me. It's the ones I haven't yet created. Not giving yourself that dangling carrot. No one else will, but we can teach you how because... We fix that. So I gave Michelle the challenge. <laughs> it didn't wasn't much of a challenge, I don't think, for Michelle to come up with five dreams that she has yet to have converted into memories. One of our T-shirts has it across the back, and I'll say this: of all the T-shirts that we've created, that's the one that gets the most comments. It says, "Don't die with dreams, die with memories," and a lot of folks resonate with that. So I thought, let's, let's make a podcast out of it and let's share our personal, still haven't created a memory out of this dream yet. So Michelle, take the reins. What's your first one? My first one is I want to complete a triathlon. Nay, I even want to sign up and 
participate in a triathlon. I like that. I like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not here to judge yours. Nobody's, nobody should be judging anybody else's dreams. But I, I, I feel like there's a but. <laughs> I'm, that's one of my, my list. It's Ooh. not on my top five, but it's definitely on my list. It's on my wall. It's on my pyramid. Okay. My, my, I, I will tell you, and this is your, this is your dream conversion to memory, but my only weakness is the swimming part. Cause you know, I run like crazy. I bike like crazy. Uh-huh. Never been that strong. I'm a swimmer. Isn't that funny? That's my Achilles heel too. Is that right? I yes. bet we're not alone. I bet there's support groups for uh, people that look to <laughs> get the swimming part out of the way. Cause it's, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm more of a floater. <laughs> I, I've never mastered the art of both legs and arms moving at the same time. Yeah. It, I mean, if you saw me in the pool, you would swear I was paralyzed from the legs down. Yeah. My whole thing is to hear, if we were to do it here, you have to do it in the ocean. And that's just, that's paralyzing to think about enough. That is, that would be rough. Although if you're in a, if you're in a wetsuit, oh. it would give you some buoyancy. Some buoyancy, but then there's the kelp thing. There's the kelp thing. And oh, the shark God. thing. <laughs> and the jellyfish thing. <laughs> yeah, strangely enough, I'm more concerned about the kelp thing than anything else. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, that's my one of one of one of them. What's what's one of yours? There are so many, but and I've I've already discussed a few, so I'm not going to regurgitate the things that I've talked about before, like going into space. But there's there's one that that keeps hitting me between the eyes. I would love to be the keynote speaker at a graduation commencement at San Francisco State University. Holla! My alma mater. And a number of my heroes have actually done that. And I, I just, we need to make a big enough impact that people recognize that we have something tangible to say to a graduating class. I have no doubt you would have enough to say to the class when that day comes. There's no question in my mind either. I have no doubt. It's really about getting that high level of exposure because nobody wants the unknown keynote speaker, right? So maybe after Ted, maybe after the book goes crazy and, and sells bestseller or whatever, uh, we need to be in the vernacular. And you, you notice I keep saying we, right? <laughs> yes, I do. I love <laughs> it. I would love, I would love for you to be a, a, a co-keynote and just bounce it back and forth and, and talk about, you know, that in and itself would be different. <laughs> How often do you see a co-keynote? Never. Well, we're going to break that. And we'll, we'll make it a Yako keynote. <laughs> oh, all right, that was unscripted clearly and caught me completely <laughs> off guard. That was brilliantly done. Yes, thank you. <laughs> all right, Michelle, I'm bouncing it back to you. I have altered this one a lot. It came out like, I want to play guitar on stage with Green Day. And then it's <gasps> sort of like, no, I want to be friends with the band. Like, I want to know them on a personal level. And then it's now that I'm getting older and you get more, your group gets smaller and tighter and deeper. I want to meet them to know if I'd like to hang out with them. Such a smart evolution of that thought process because I, I can tell you I've met people. And you're just not like, eh, it's like, Meh. Oh my God, so disappointing. 
You're like, oh, I had my expectations super set high. And then you meet them and you're like, Ugh. oh, my God. I could say the one person that I met that, I, that exceeded my expectations was Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there's a number of, quote, famous people. And, and, and I was just at the, <laughs> the Giants game with Tom Cruise. Not a person I would want to get in, uh, into a conversation with. Sorry, okay. but okay. not on my top list either. But uh, no, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with your logic in this. Don't, don't go in all uh, starry-eyed and setting yourself up for disappointment. Really find out. And you know what's funny about that? What's that? I believe, knowing you and knowing the little bit I do know of Green Day, that you guys will get along just fine. Oh, man. Thanks for saying that, David. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do. They, they, I don't think there's a pretentious bone in any of their bodies. They, they seem to all be very down to earth and very real. Yes, they sure come off like that. And they're so rooted in where they came from that it's there's so many like broken guitar records and Oakland coffee that they are so rooted in their community in Oakland that it's just like, damn, that's so solid. Do you want a weird prediction? What? Here's my prediction. I, my, I predict that that will happen. And I, I predict that all it would take is to send, somehow find a connection to Billy Joe and send him a copy of this podcast. I'd be willing to bet, like Elderly Wish made all those wishes come true for my aunt for her funeral. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet he would take the time, especially knowing that you're local, to just set up a, a, a few minutes in a cafe sometime. And you, are so you guys sweet. could. No, I'm <laughs> serious. So I, sweet. <laughs> I, maybe I'm a dreamer, but I'll tell you what, a lot of my dreams become memories. And I would love to, to be facilitative to this. I, I, I really think this can happen for you. I really do. In fact, <laughs> not to be a dick, but I think this would sooner happen than figuring out how to swim for the triathlon. <laughs> Or maybe we maybe we fuse the two together. Billy Joe says, "Hey, you finish that swim part of the triathlon, and we can meet up." <laughs> I like that. I like that. The 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 goal stacking. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, David. What's your two, what's another one for you? I've got so many, and this is so specific and so obscure. And as I'm sitting here today, I just realized that I'm actually wearing the shirt. Uh, I'm obsessed with Salem. Yes. I'm obsessed with the the tragedy of the Salem witch trials. I'm I'm absolutely captivated by it. I truly feel like if if I was um, a, a a spirit that had lived in another time period, that I was there. I'm that connected, and and so many things keep going back to that for me. Uh, even to the degree that today I just unconsciously put on the Salem shirt. I have multiple Salem shirts, but this shirt in particular, I I really want to own a piece of that period's history. Mm-hmm. I want to own something from the Salem witch trials, I and I know that they still that. they still auction them off. And the something went for a reasonable amount of money. It was like fifty grand, and it was a couple of pages that were legitimately from the trial itself. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to own something tangible from that whole experience. I, I, I would probably, I don't cry very often, but if, if somebody handed me something from that, that time period and said, this is yours or said, Hey, I will sell it to you, uh, for this X amount of dollars, I would probably lose my shit. You I would know, lose my shit in the, in an instant. 
you know why that is so sounds so special to me uh has different effect because it's a it's the whole momentum mori like the the realization that we're not here forever and you should always think about your death and it's a really good reminder yes of that to seize the day to know we are not here forever and to meditate on the appreciation that we are here and one day will not be. So that's like a couple different levels for me right there. That's beautiful that you would look at it that way. There's, there's very much that involved and not to turn this into something political, but it's also for me a reminder that things have changed dramatically, but I've also not changed at all. So true. We still have the witch trials. They're just not as obvious. They continue to happen. And while we don't have, you know, the obvious hunts for people and make it so clear and a threat, there are certain things that we still don't have the freedoms to do, not only in this country, but for sure in the world, where people are persecuted for just being who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a tangible reminder like I would put it somewhere in a frame where I could see it every day as a reminder to help people rise above and to try to change that legacy moving forward. But also to appreciate that it's not as prevalent, pervasive in our current culture. I mean, we're still, we're still very ridiculously puritanical in America. It would be wonderful to somehow change that during my lifetime. Love it. Yeah. All right. Toggle back to you. Here I go, like, turning the corner on such, like, a vain one. But I want to fly. Doesn't have to be private, but it certainly would like to be first class to Fiji and stay on the, on a hut, stay in a hut that's above the water. That you just dive from your door and it comes with a butler. Someone just makes everything so fresh that you don't even need to leave your your bungalow. Again, I'm not here to judge you. Uh, and if I were tempted, I, I wouldn't judge you. I can tell you I would be happy to be in the bungalow next door. Uh, but it, a minimum of a month. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, so that's where the bar got raised One way month. high. <laughs> I would even take three weeks. A week, definitely not enough. No, have you priced that out? Yes, that's, I God, have. <sighs> It's got to be like the, the price of a new car at least, yes, right? Yes, it would be. Yep. <laughs> uh, probably more. Yeah. 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 Fiji. I, I've never been a, I've never, I've done, I have not done the research on Fiji, but I've had a, a, a close experience to that in Tahiti, but not certainly for not a month. Oh my God. And, and, and you're right. It doesn't, it's, it's, well, let me tell you, <laughs> my, my bungalow wasn't over the water. <laughs> My bungalow was over a family of chickens that decided to wake me up every fucking morning before dawn. No, if it's not chickens, it's like this loud squawking bird or something that's just, hey, how do you get mad? Because it's like they were there first. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So, yeah, I had the the, the poor man's version of your dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but that's that's a really good that's like a happy place for me. And it's it's one that keeps you striving for excellence in every facet of my life is one day. I love that. 
I love it. And that everybody should have that. I don't know that because we're rattling these off like they're nothing. You know, and as I look at my my list here and it lists how many there are, there are 47. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so I'm thinking, David, we're going into over 16 minutes. We may need to cut our list down to three. No, I'm going to keep going, motherfuckers. Okay, go. Go, go. <laughs> well, and here's, here's part of my logic, and I'll shorten them each one. Part of my logic is if you don't put them out in the ether, uh, people can't help you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm partially thinking that you know, people hear these, they're like, well, wait a minute. I know Billy Joe. Or wait a minute. I know somebody in Fiji that can help you out. Or wait a minute, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it, to put these out there is incredibly important. And I, and I see some things on my list that I've forgotten to check off. Oh. Like you remember back when I was becoming a spin instructor, spin instructor was on this list. Yeah. And I've achieved that. And that was kind of a low-hanging fruit because it doesn't take – well, sorry, spin instructors. But it doesn't take a whole lot to get sure. a spin instructor's – you know, um, it's not a license but a certificate, right? And then I, I taught spin for a while and I'm like, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> and that was done. Put a bow on it. Cool. All right, so moving on to my next one, of course, to have a New York Times bestseller, uh, whether it be Go Fly Your Kite, A Handbook for the Living, or the other two books that I want to write before my time is up. Um, and I suspect that you know, if, if I get to the point of popularity, that there'll be more books beyond that. I, I'm, I'm done writing textbooks, so leave me the fuck alone, textbook people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done making money for you guys, and I'm done being dry and technical. It's all about now improving the quality of life of folks. Then uh, to dovetail that, which is obviously something that, that I can't necessarily manifest. I, in addition to being on the New York Times bestseller list, I want to actually catch somebody in the act of reading my book and approach them. You've always said that. I even yes. know that story because you've yes, said you it. Yes, you do. Yep. Yeah. And in all an right. airport, if you want to get in, really in specific. An airport. Wow, you said. remembered that. I'm yeah, impressed. It's a good one. Yeah. And let yeah. me dovetail my number four off of yours. I want to write a children's book. That's right. Yep. Oh. So that's, I have it all written. I just need a, an illustrator and a better overarching. So my dream's going to come true. My, this is going to become a fantastic memory of mine. Well, see, and that's, I love that you just punctuated that. There, there was absolutely no lying in you when you said that. Mm -hmm. You were 100% convicted to that belief. You're 100% right because it will happen for you. There's no doubt in you and it will happen. And when it does happen, people are going to be like, oh, wow, how did that happen for you? Because you completely committed to it. And I know who you are. I mean, we, we just discussed this recently about, you know, who we're cresting 350 episodes. There, there's no lack of work ethic in you. There's no lack of commitment in you. If you want something to, to happen, it will happen. It's going to take some work and you're not going to beat your chest uh, along the, the, the whole process and say, look what I've done. Or, oh my God, this is really hard. You're just going to do it. You're going to, you're going to put your head down. You're going to do it. So there's no question. All of these things will happen. Right given on. time, yes. given time, all of these things will happen. Yes. So I think my last one. Oh, no, you're number four. Okay, so it's number four. Okay. That was my four. Got it. Okay. I need to live in France. And when I say live in France, I mean that my main residence, France, period. I'll have a house in the United States. I'll always have at least one house in the United States. But I want to live in France. You are a Francophile. Which 
10 years ago, even maybe less than that, if you had told me that, I'd be like, bullshit. And then I went to France. And then I, I dispelled all the bullshit myths that the Americans talk about France. It's all bullshit. Yes, some of the Parisians can be rude, especially if you don't speak the language. But outside of Paris, uh, by the way, which is the majority of France, the French are fucking awesome. So fascinating that I had this same conversation yesterday with my family, this whole thing, this whole Francophile, this whole notion that when you're in Paris, they're, they're mean, they're rude, they make fun of you. But once you get out, like, and how there's opposite camps, it's, yep. so that's, it's, it's funny how we're putting it out there. And I just had this discussion within the last 24 hours. It's that, and it doesn't surprise me because you and I are very similar. We also have very similar viewpoints on things. When you go into France with the feeling that they're going to be rude and, and assholes to you, you wear it. You wear it on you. You also wear, <laughs> unknowingly to you, arrogant pieces of shit Americans, when you walk into Paris, <laughs> you are so obviously American and you're ugly. Yeah. And I get it. Because I'm, I'm in America and I look at Americans and go, you guys are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was born I, and raised I, here. I get it. I get it. So immediately you manifest exactly what you expect by your behavior. When you go in and you're a dick and, and well, let me just say, <laughs> when you go in and you're American, <laughs> they're going to treat you like shit because you fucking deserve it. I went in very humble. I went in speaking very limited French. And apologetic, and everybody embraced me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the opposite of what I expected. I mean, I literally, if, if you can fall in love with a country, I fell in love with France. And this is coming from a guy who had believed all the rhetoric. And now I'm like, oh, I can't trust a goddamn thing from the American perspective anymore. I get it. Yeah. So I will live in France at some point. I, I, I haven't figured out where. I, I'm really partial to Dijon, but... Uh, boy, I, I know that there are other places and, and I know there's the south of France and it's just, it's a great jumping point too, to all things awesome European, right? Right. And then come on, man, they have the same behaviors I do. They sleep in, <laughs> they have a late lunch and then dinner goes until 1 a.m. It's right. like, yeah, man, I, I'm so sick of, of Carmel closing at 8 p.m. Right. I mean, the majority on. of it closes at six even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I know. That's not it's... even supper, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, God. I love so. that. I love um, living outside of the country. That is definitely on one of my lists as well to accomplish. But I'm a, uh, for my fifth one, it would definitely be to own a great house with a great view in Sedona, mm. Arizona. So you, <laughs> wait, are you fucking with me? No. Oh, I thought you were fucking with me. Cause I, you know that I, that's, that's my goal too. And we, you and I have discussed yep. possibly going in on a house. And now that I've got, I'm not going to brag, but I, I've got a significant amount of cash that's just sitting idle. That's something that you and I can actually do right now, or at least from my perspective. Absolutely. Uh, the only the only problem with that, and we'll talk offline, is that two years ago the Sedona market was so soft. Yes, and now that. it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. All of it's Arizona, the, it's equivalent. Everywhere. It's equivalent yeah. of where we are right yes, now. Yes, it is. That's the only hiccup. Yeah, 
when you go on Zillow and you look at what that same home yep. was worth two, just two years ago, and New Hampshire did the same thing to me. If I pulled the trigger five years ago with Melissa and bought the house that we were looking at, I'd be sitting on a mountain of equity. Isn't that just bizarre, the, the, the turn everything took? Yeah. And now, I, 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 I've, believe me, I've purchased house, houses on the pinnacle of their, their value and then gone upside down. So I don't want to do that again. Yeah, but we, no. I mean, we should seriously look at it. And I don't know about you, but I'm all in on buying a fixer-upper. Oh, and for sure. taking ownership and just tearing that shit apart and, and, and getting a piece of land where we can actually build more, more outbuildings on it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, everybody just heard our plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit us with your fifth one as we roll into almost the 30-minute mark. All right. This one means a lot to me. I want to have tangible proof that something that we did through the Red Kite movement literally saved a life. Just the thought of that, just the thought of someone coming to us and saying, you know what? I was on the verge of tapping out. Something you said caught my attention and I, I scuttled that idea. And now I'm not only here to tell you that, but I'm happy. I could die that day and feel complete. hundred percent. That's power. That's huge power. That is and it's not, it's, it's not, yeah, my grandfather had that because he did it physically. He saved a kid who fell through the ice. Yes. I, I haven't physically done that. And I would rather have it be from our message than physically. I love that. Now you yeah. make me sound so, I want a house in Sedona. <laughs> I want to be well, a I want to save people's lives. <laughs> I shouldn't have ended with that one. Oh, no. But no, I mean, we all, and that's, that's a, great, a great observation. Everybody has their own, their own dreams, and they, they're, they're usually scatter, they're, they're, what do they call it? Scatter plotted all over the, all over yeah. the page, yeah. right? And, and the, some of them are going to be selfish. Some of them are going to be, you know, uh, facilitative to another person's quality of life. And, and, and in between. And you shouldn't have any shame in that. I'm not going to judge any of your goals. And again, the, the one and only rule we have at the Red Kite Movement is do you, you be you as long as it doesn't impact another, another person's, person's goal. Kite, kite flying. Yeah. Yeah. David, this is so good. I relish every second. And I hope the listeners follow in today's homework thinking about your five red kites that you want to fly and turn those into memories. I love it. And that will be our question. Uh, For those of you who listen to Spotify, don't be shy. Uh, We haven't had a lot of responses. I think people just push play and walk away or maybe they're not listening to Spotify be great for you guys to interact with us and hit us up with the five goals. And again, it's not just out of curiosity or data retrieval. It's about putting it out there. If, if someone reads your goals and they're like, oh, shit, that's easy for me. Like, oh, let me just, okay, let, 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 let's rewind, rewind a second. If, Michelle, if your goal was to hang out with Iggy Pop, I could actually hook you up. Right? Yeah. Right? So you never know who's got a connection to what. And if you're just casually reading these and you have this goal of helping other people and you have the ability to make something come 
to fruition for someone and create a memory from a dream, why not? So we should be sharing these things constantly. So I encourage you once again, put your five dreams out there. Somebody else might be able to make them memories for you. How cool would that be? And that's what a Red Kite community is all about. Getting totally back into the heart of the Red Kite movement. I love this. Yep, 100%. And while you're at it, get out there and fly that kite. Yako Key! Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's Gift of the Day. Check back tomorrow for another gift from your friends at the Red Kite Movement. 